For the nerds, the outcasts, the weirdos. And for short pants gamers? No, not you. Ah, crap. Get ready, all you grimdark goons, for dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf. Only right here on Grimdark Live. This is the fucking road! Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, weekly webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf from the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and tonight, man, we got uh, we are we got a packed show tonight. We got Justin, we got Chuck, we got those guys back, and we got the voice in my head, man. We got Steve, he's back with us. Uh, fellas, what do you hear? What do you say? It is autopilot week. Oh, boy. Coming up on it, man. Coming up on it. Chuck, yep. you're back. Here, you know, I can't, you know, in last week, guys, if you hadn't, you didn't catch last week's show, uh, you know, Chuck and Justin were out, uh, they were getting massages and they were getting all kinds of stuff, manicures, you know, mani pedis. They were out doing that. I mean, Chuck, how you feeling? Better that you got all that out of the way? Yeah, I, I wouldn't call uh, an internal surgery uh, a mani pedi by any means, but. I, I wasn't um... going to go there, man, but wow. <laughs> yeah, so for six weeks, I was coaching my kids team and then uh we we placed some teams and sectionals actually which during covid times is pretty cool um and then we i ended up getting a surgery done so i'm recovering from that but i'm back full bore i still been painting i still been active uh everybody needs to keep their hobby mojo going that's all i gotta say i i completely 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 agree with that but uh, the voice in my head man steve wasabi bud what do you got Tell you what, we have a lot of stuff that we're going to be talking about during the uh, rumor engine and about what's coming up this Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know what we got a lot to go through with that. And if you and folks, if you guys have been listening to uh, to old Steve, the voice in my head, nice since uh, since March, we've been talking quite a bit about what's going to be happening with AOS 3.0 and just uh, some tremendous stuff that's happening. I really am very excited for uh, uh, for this this new edition of Age of Sigmar, man. And tonight, joining us to talk about all of that good stuff and really kind of keep us all in line here and to talk about the Ideneth Deepkin baby we got John Anderson John welcome to the show man thank you so much for being back you were here with us a few hey. a little while ago but welcome back yep second time yeah Happy man. to be back thanks for having me and uh you know folks uh, John Anderson here is the current reigning champion of Armed Forces Day he won Armed Forces Day 3 last year and uh he is uh he's back here to uh to challenge all you people to see if you can knock him off his pedestal again, and, and uh, John, I got to ask you, you got you got three guys that are on the show with you tonight that are your direct competitors. Any any, any message for them at all? Anything? Yeah, actually. <laughs> Bring your A game. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, being brought. There you go, man. You know what? It's uh, John. Thank you so much for being with us, man. But yeah, we got uh, we got a lot to talk about here tonight. We're going to be talking about uh, Iden Deepkin, and we're going to be talking about some of the things that are being released with the uh, uh, with with Games Workshop, and and just really the, the the world of dice, Chuck and glue sniffing gamer goons, man. We're all really all about that. But uh, but first. Thank you all for being with us here tonight, man. Thanks for all joining us on another Grimdark Live show. And if you do like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. All right, so, gang, here it is. We got with us Armed Forces Day 3 champion with us here to talk about uh, the Ideneth Deepkin. And really, I think what we're going to talk about here, John, is and, and gang, is we're really going to talk about why this army has been on the top 
and remaining so since 2018. I mean, this this Army has really never left the top tier. Would you agree with that, John? Yeah, no, uh, 100%. Um, be it FAQs, Broken Realms, uh, the formal iteration of um, AOS 2.0, nothing's really dissuaded IDF and uh, their reign at the top. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, what's funny is uh, an interesting point to make here. You know, it's kind of an ironic thing with between Armed Forces Day 3, which, you know, you won last year, and Armed Forces Day 2. Uh, another uh, another one of our guys, Rob Reed, who ironically enough played Ideneth Deepkin in that tournament, also run, won uh, uh, Armed Forces Day 2. Uh, so it's kind of interesting that uh, that we had uh, Ideneth at the top of uh, Armed Forces Day two years in a row on that one. So kind of interesting. We're, we're going to see what's going to happen this year with um, – I'm not going to give away the arm of your plan. I mean, I know what it is, but we're not we're not going to talk about that. We nobody knows if you're going to be back with Ideneth or not, John. But we what would they, what they do know is that you will be back. Um, but guys, here's my here's my five thousand foot view. If I can open up the show with this on this army, the Deepkin are another. How do I want to put this? The Deepkin are uh, another in the line of armies which emphasizes speed and mobility. What I uh, that I'd like to say overtaking hits. Let's just put it that way because we've always said on the show here speed kills. Um, I think the the Deepkin, as an army, in my opinion, have more of an emphasis upon mounted attacks. You know, obviously backed by you know some light infantry, but this is largely evident thanks to the presence of, say, oh, I don't know, flying sharks, moray eels, the odd turtle here and there. But it manages to avoid falling into the same niche as other armies. I mean, John, first I'll, I'll throw it to you. Is that a fair thing? Is that a fair way to open up the show on this? Yeah, I think um, without getting too deep into it, I think that the the reason that, that Ideneth excels is is it's not just because they have uh, a high mobility; it's because they have fly. It's that it's that tandem of being able to go very far and ignoring uh, screen lines or ignoring terrain, and uh, it really allows you to kind of like zoom out and look at the board and effectively like remove the terrain almost and just say like i need to be here i need to play to this strength i need to see where my opponent's uh key pieces are where my hvts are and then it really allows you to kind of map out how you see the game gonna go sure um, from a very early stage sure sure yeah i mean that's you know what you put that a lot better than i did maybe we'll just let you talk about Ida tonight <laughs> i played him a little bit there you go there you go i mean gang what do you guys think chuck justin steve i mean am i uh was, was that a good way to kind of sum it up yeah, for the most part. I mean, I didn't need to set up the top of the list just because of their mobility and they're able to get in, hit you, and then hold out long enough for that turn three double snap on you. You know, that's that's predominantly where their their strength is, is that turn three double snap. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I, I would say that. I would definitely say that. But, I mean... Uh, so here it is. More, more to come on the Ideneth Deepkin uh, tonight uh, and, and why they really remained in the top of the heap really on, on, you know, since 2018. And I know it's kind of unfair to say that during COVID because there wasn't a lot of tournaments, but uh, even, even coming out of the, uh, the big uh, Nurgle coof that we've all been in for, for the, for, you know, since March of 2020, even coming out of that and seeing around the world, a lot of Australia has opened up a lot of their tournaments and some of the tournaments that have already opened up here in the States, um, uh, England and other places, you know, you, you see them again, getting right back up there in the top three, top five in, in any tournament. And, and I think that that's a really a, a testament to this, to this army and how they're built. So more coming up on that here later on in the show, as far as the, uh, the Ideneth Deepkin and, and really why they're, uh, a pretty tremendous army, but gang, we're going to, we're going to go around the horn, man. John, we're starting with you, man. You're the guest. We're putting you right in the barrel first. Are, are you staying true? Or are you sniffing glue? What do you got going on in the hobby? 
Staying true. Um, good? So good, good, I have, good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make a public announcement. I've told a few of the indie guys that I've been working on this, but uh, I'm ready to kind of unveil a little bit about it. Um, All right, let's hear a it. A big passion project of mine. Yep, a big passion project of mine has actually been to paint my own Leviathan. Um, when I got into the hobby, it was the first model that I saw. It's an absolute party bus or battle barge, depending on what side of the uh, what side of the table you're on. Um, <laughs> right. And I really had an idea for it when I saw the uh, the Chaos Space Marines Forge Fiends. Um, he had the Hell Cannons on his side with like the whips coming up out of the ground, and I was just like, "Them things are on the same base size. I bet that would look pretty cool." So I um, have begun the process of combining a Leviathan into a Cornate Leviathan. Love it. Uh, and at th this time, uh, this is going to be his shell. Um, uh -huh. It is uh, Chaos Black with some Skaven Dinge highlights, and his rivulets on his shell are uh, Averland Sunset. Um, and of course, his belly is contrast because contrast is the best paint. So, so, so are the rivulets, whatever you said, that's a little spike coming out of the side of the, 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 the shell? Yeah, the cracks. It's our uh, the lines oh. between the shell plates, actually. Okay, you know what, John? You can't be that smart on the show. I mean, we're, we all struggle just to tie our shoes. I mean, I'm wearing Velcro right now, for God's sakes. You can't be that smart, John. I mean, you know, Chuck, can you believe this? He comes on here just to kind of, you know, you know, make Drop us all the look three bad. three-syllable words on you guys. See? Uh, you, you're talking to one of the, the guys who loves converting and painting, so I dig it. <laughs> See, they're all, they're all, <laughs> they're all against me, man. They're all against me. All right, Chuck, what about you, man? Now you're in the barrel. You, you staying true? You're so, sniffing glue. Yeah, so I, I've been staying true, been, like, busy, but I've had a couple weeks at home where, uh, you know, post-recovery and all that. I uh, have been working on um, a, a quote-unquote themed Sons of Behemoth army called Sons of Death. We'll go with that uh, and see how it looks. So a couple of the models that I uh, put up are Skeleton Giants, and so these guys are individually uh, pinned together bone by bone, and it's some off-brand manufacturers. This is one of my Undead Eatons, so and cool. you can see, yeah, he's got a lava base, couple colors to that. Lighting's not the best, but um, you turn it around, and his shield is like the sarcophagus cover for um, the train set for AOS. Then I got a third guy that he's got a little standard bearer going on. We got a couple colors going on in there with, you know, um, the plates from that uh, kit that you get for the Mega Gargant. I just use that as armor pieces. And then the third one over here, he just has like your standard giant uh, big club. And then the um, oh, whatever that is, the 40K Titan or whatever, gave him a little shield. That's like the, the side plate, you know, that they wear. So, yeah, been staying true. Yeah, you sure Something have, blue. man. I mean, Steve, did you, get, did you get a load of that giant army? I mean, Steve, you're a son to be my player yourself, man. Did you get a load of that? Yeah, sure did. Unreal. I mean, Chuck, that is that's that's pretty damn good yeah. work, man. That's pretty damn good work. I mean, that's good awesome. stuff. What about you, Steve? You, you staying true? You sniffing glue, man? What do you got? No, you're well, not going to no, tell I'm us, are you? Staying true. I've got a little secret project here that I've been working on, but other than that, I'm keeping myself busy. You're not going to. How about a hint? It's in. It's part of Warhammer. Nice. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank wow you. thank you <laughs> the Brutal. team that scores more points wins games you're killing me man you're killing me <laughs> all right so 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 keep your little secrets there steve gandalf whatever all right uh justin what about you man no no um, that's, that's another dumb question it's like you you know you you're out of glue because of all the work you've been doing you have nothing yeah. to sniff no i had to buy more glue 
because yeah. of that. So, no, um, yeah, definitely staying true. The 90 days of dwarfs has come and gone, and they are complete. Oh. All 500 dwarfs are done. Uh, on top of on top of 500? 500 individual model dwarves done in 90 days. Oh. Uh, on top of that wow. includes the entire Keratin Overlord fleet that's back there and all the models to that, plus all the stuff for my cities of Sigmar. Uh, my Armed Forces Day project is down to the last four models out of the 115 models that are in it. Uh, that one's almost done. All the tables are in final production for next week. And yeah, I've just been busy as hell. COVID's been good to me in terms of hobby. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, man, I'm, I'm a... I'm a glue sniffing loser. I really am. I, I I'm a glue sniffing loser. I I I got nothing. I got nothing. Like I said, I started to I started to get into my Soul Blight army. Started to look at it and uh, uh, realized uh, I just didn't have it in me, man. I wimped out pretty quick. So I, I got to get back on the train. But for right now, I am definitely sniffing glue. But um, so here it is, guys. We're at that point where I'm going to give you guys a peek behind the curtain, man. Now that we're through all that, and you know, you know, you know, John showing everyone how smart he is. Um, Here's the question of the day. Now, don't answer it right now because we're going to be asking this again towards the end of the show again. So here's the question of the day for all of you guys to ponder on until we get to it towards the end of the show. So here it is. Question of the day here on Grimdark Live. What recommendations would you give to someone who is entering the hobby at 3.0? Again, I'll ask it one more time. What recommendations would you give to someone who is entering the hobby at 3.0? That's the, the question of the day coming up here later on, uh, on Grimdark Live. So uh, we're going to be right back with some news. And, Steve, we got a lot of it, don't we? Yes, we do. And we will be talking about all of it. That's right, man. That's right. You know, we're all of us, man, including the voice in my head, man. Here we go. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need to be getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser-cut MDF bases, silicone molds for resin prints, game and hobby accessories like 15 to 28 millimeter terrain, 15 to 28 millimeter figures, and 15 to 28 millimeter vehicles, and a lot more. Get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's sixsquaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios. Hey gang, today's news is brought to you by Six Squared Studios. Yep, an awesome company for all your gaming and hobby needs. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again, Six Squared Studios. So get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's six-squaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios, where tabletop terrain is made by gamers for gamers. Just like their saying goes, Gaming accessories made by gamers for gamers. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Tabletop terrain by expert nerds for exceptional nerds. We got the news, man, and we got uh, we got quite a bit to get through. So we are gonna we are gonna roll on with it. You guys ready for this for some uh, for some news action? Finally, let's do it. All right, man. First one up, like always, man. We got the uh, we got the rumor engine. So. This looks like another weapon. Yep, de do. All right. Well, Steve, this is for you, man, because, you know, I'm, I'm talking right to the voice in my head here because of what you said on last week's show. So 
If you guys remember, if you remember this, and for all you guys out there listening and watching right now, if you guys remember this, on last week's show, you thought the rumor engine at that time was Chaos Dwarf or Chaos Dwarf-ish. Let's put it that way. And when I saw this, I simply thought, this looks like something that could definitely have been from the Chaos Dwarf line, especially this particular uh, rumor engine pick. Steve? Go ahead, man. What are your thoughts on this one? We'll throw this one to you first. So are we looking at the one that is the ball from like the ball and chain kind of thing? That's yep, exactly right. The flail? Yeah. Yep. Uh it's cruel boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cruel boys. Well what's funny it's is it's got is... the kind of rickety looking yeah. um build and design to it that kind of makes you look at what look like it would be something from the green skins. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, what's funny is, is, is now I, I don't think the now guys, we've got no clarification, no confirmation that, that the chaos dwarves are coming back in any way, shape or form. But what we do know nope. is that, uh, that, that according to the lore, according to our source and in the lore that the, that the, the new, the new green skin faction, this new hobgoblin esque cruel boys, if you will, uh, does do some trading with, let's just say chaos dwarfs. But here's, look at this guys. This is something, because of you, Steve, this is something that I went and I dug up. This is an old Chaos Dwarf War Machine uh, build directions. And if you look at this thing, you're going to kind of see kind of something that kind of stands out. Now, if we go back real quick to the rumor engine pick, you know, right here, you get that little... uh, that little mace, that little that little ball and, and chain looking thing. But then if I get a close up here, there it is again, right on the Chaos Dwarf um I guess war engine. So it's funny. A hell that when, cannon? No, I don't no, that's not a hell cannon. I'm not exactly sure what that is specifically, oh, okay. but um it, it, it's it a just, whirlwind morning star. That's what it was called in the book. Okay. All right. Well there you go. So I oh, mean the wind. yeah. It was pushed by a centaur or a centaur, dwarven centaur, into battle, and it had a very short range, but yep. it did massive damage when it got there. Right, right. So I'm I'm thinking that uh, that it's definitely I don't think it's I don't think it's chaos dwarves at all, guys. I'm going to say that right now, but I definitely think it has something to do with the the cruel boys or 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 the hobgobs or something like that for sure. And I just want to throw a shout out there, Elizabeth Storter. You're absolutely right, man. We did notice that, and uh, and we are excited. We're going to be we're going to be looking at that picture here in a little bit here. So stick with us, man. We got some uh, cool stuff to go over on that. So, uh, but John, our guest, man, do you agree with this, or what were your thoughts when you first saw this rumor engine? Kadai Fireborn. Oh, see, you're right there with the Chaos Dwarf 2 thing, huh? So, I re- correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't all of Legion of Asgore just get pulled off of Forge World? Yes. yes. Just yes. very recently? Mm-hmm. Uh, six months mm-hmm. ago. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying. I'm just saying. Even, even if you I'm weren't saying, also... saying, right. But the Kadai Fireborn didn't carry maces. No, but they do need uh, alternative uh, weapon profiles. That right. is very true. So and this wouldn't I'll... be the first time that we've seen a new model. Excuse me. We, this wouldn't be the first time that we've seen a model get revamped for a new army and then it be given uh, additional weapon outfits. So, or or it's the Cruel Boys version of the Fanatic. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, true. Be. Yeah. Like the ball and chain. Chuck, what were you going to yep. say? Um. So I just wanted to say that uh, some of the. Uh, artwork for Chaos Siege Giants, which Chaos Dwarfs could take, did feature balls and chains uh, in previous editions, too. Okay. Mount, yeah, mounted to their hands and stuff, I believe. Yep, yep. Okay. 
So we're all these loose ends are kind of. I mean, we, we just don't we don't know the the scale of this item. So that it, I mean, if it's War Machine scale, then there you go. If it's if it's Goblinoid scale, then it's going to be some kind of specialized attack yeah. unit. Yeah, I just be... I went down I went down the rat hole on this thing mainly, guys, because of what uh, uh, because of what Steve <laughs> said last week. So, but let, let's let's uh, let's let's keep the news rolling here, man. Let's uh, let's transition to the big man, the big news and destruction, man. We got Kragnos. Oh. And, uh, you know, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now, <laughs> Kragnos, pure and simple, man, is one tough sob. I mean, and he has to be. I mean, he's the god of destruction. But gang, let me say something right here: 18 wounds with a two plus save and a mountain of attacks that can do upwards of say, well, one of the attacks can do what four damage. I think that's with the mace alone. Wow. I mean, uh, th- this guy is absolutely freaking brutal. I mean, what what is everyone's thoughts? I mean, John, you're the guest, man. Let's let's throw it to you first. Uh. I gotta figure out how to shoot him because <laughs> that's that's gonna be rough. Because yeah. uh, my whole gimmick is fighting you in melee. And I don't really know if I want to fight this guy in melee combat. Oh no, they're talking about thirty-six mortal wounds to a monster. In, to be fair, to a monster. to a monster if you charge in. Wow. Right. Right. Yeah, but but and are within one inch of it. I, yeah, I think that yes. The, I think counterplay will be trying to tie him up with something like skinks or stabas. Just something to keep him off the charge. Because if you can keep him off the charge, you can probably manage him because he doesn't have fly. Um, I think I think if he had an ability kind of like Sons of Behemoth do, like Longshanks, I think that would probably be valid. I think he probably could use something like that. He's a giant model, so it would make sense. Yeah, right. But, um, yeah, I think I think your only real option if you're not going to shoot him off the board because you can't magic him because he, he rolls like three dice to ignore spells. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Three dice usually the top yeah. two. Yeah. And, yeah. and it goes off the base cost of the spell correct right not the not total the casting value correct yep. right yeah I so think... if you have like a lord croak or a slan and they get plus three or four to cast you ignore that right you don't even care yeah yeah i i think um i think my favorite thing i i, I think he's an awesome model and i i'll tell you this this is my bold prediction i think he's gonna win golden demon next year interesting um, all right that, i like that that yeah. side twist I'll, I'll, that's my nuclear take but uh, I have to say that my favorite thing coming out of the uh, the Kragnos reveal is um, the the Pawn Stars meme with Marathi, and he's just like thirty six more wounds. Best I can do is three. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I and I got I, we, we got we got Housey one thousand man. He's uh, he's blowing up the chat here with some of his comments on on the big man here. So I got to say I, I agree with some of the things. I mean I I think. Um, you know he's going to get wrecked, and he might be overcosted. Let's let's ask let's ask that question here real quick. I mean, Justin, what do you think this guy is going to cost points wise? Uh, six fifty to seven hundred. Damn it, dude! You took what Ooh. I was going to say. Easily. That's what I was going to say. He's, and even at that point cost, he's not going to be worth it. I, I so I, I have my opinions about Kragnos. I'm still playing him. I don't care. Oh I'm no, you play him. I mean, I, he's don't get me wrong, gorgeous model, and the rules are awesome. But I think he's a one-trick pony. You know, the reason why I think that I don't, th- I don't think literally. He's as, well, hold on, I don't think he's as squishy as everyone says because he barely degrades at all. I mean, this dude. I mean, you got to almost get fifty percent of his wounds knocked off before he drops down in the, in 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 his in his wound profile. I mean, he's got eighteen wounds. You got to do nine plus to him before he degrades at all. I mean, th- this 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 damage table is incredibly generous. I mean, this thing has got, I mean. His first bracket alone takes him well past halfway his wound count. I mean, I don't think this guy – I think this guy – here's the thing. I, I agree with what people are saying, that he might be uh, kind of fool's gold. I get it. 
But come on, guys. I don't think this to, to make him out to be as squishy as like say Lord Croak or a, a Slan or something like that. I don't know, man. I think I I I don't no know that. Saved. Okay, so but again, what are we? I mean, what are we really I mean, talking about? That's here? the magic. That, yeah, that's the magic no, thing. It's just like no more, dies to do no, blade. No mortal sure. wound save and a simple simple gun line from Keratin and Overlords will take him off the table turn one. Yeah, you know yeah, what? You, you have about a third go. of the armies that have mortal wound output. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe 20%, 20 to 30, let's say. Um, you've got another more 20% that. that are gun line related or have enough shooting to do 18 wounds in two turns. Um, and then you probably have or another more. 10 to, or 10 to 20% that can just chaff him. So that's at least 50% of the armies that can at least address the issue minus if he gets double turned. Um, so really Kragnos, you're going to have to feed him with cogs. You're going to have to make sure that he's got bonuses to movement and that you just have a, a straight line to the enemy. I mean, you he's really gonna have, ha- have a, he's going to have to have a priest next to him. that can give him a ward save that too. Yeah. Going to have to. Yeah. But I Chuck, you make I a great point. Notice. Those are just some of the things that, like, I have – I've been on, like, the Twitter talks for, for, like, the last two days. And, you know, that's been the big talk there is that he's got, you know, what ifs. Like, what if this happens? What if that? Uh, So it's almost like if if you're going to build an army, you're going to sort of build around him a little bit in order to, one, protect a little bit because of the mortal wound save, or two, to get his movement at plus three, plus five, uh, and hope for that double turn so you can get him in. Got it. I mean, John, what were you saying again, bud? Uh, I didn't even notice this. So this is the second time we've got a monster that's on a two-up save that takes, like, half their damage before they ever get bracketed. Because the turtle was the same way. Yeah. Because right. he's 16 on a two-up, and you have to do nine wounds, so exactly half before you bracket him. Yeah, yep. exactly. So this exactly. is the. I wonder if this is going to be a trend that we see in 3.0, because this is a worrying trend. I'm just going to be honest. I don't know it. if it's going to be a trend, but I think you're going to have these these particular characters that are going to be out there that are going to be balance and off balance to any any given army. That's what I, I, I kind of think that he's I think he's in all honesty, I think he's the gateway to what we're going to see monsters evolve into in some way or form is their their actual wounds suffered bracketing is going to change. It, yeah. It'll probably be at their halfway point before of their wound characters before they get bracketed to the first time. Okay. I think that's going to become a common thing across all monsters. All right. Steve, what do you think, man? Breaker charges them. I'll kill them in one round of combat. <laughs> if he charges yep. me. That's true. Could kill me in one round of combat. Well, isn't that, it's isn't that who charges who? Isn't that the story of all destruction though? Yeah, who, it really is. I mean, it, 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 if yeah. my gatebreaker general hits him, he's dead. Because the Ren 3 will go right through his two-up armor save, and, and he'll drop like a fly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the problem is going to be if he charges me. If he charges me, it's going to be lights out. Sure. Because not only is well, he going to do the mortal wound attacks, he's also going to be doing all of his normal attacks. So right. it's really just a question of who is going to, who is going to hit who first. Right. Yeah. But the odds are in your favor with that ability, Steve, that he's going to roll a 7. Well, yeah, like I said, it just it, it depends on who charges who. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and and let me let me kind of address that up here real quick. I mean, the mortal outcome for for the, for those kind of charges is what? It's two d six, and the roll has got to be a seven. Uh, no, which... it's two d six, and if you roll a seven, it's it doesn't go off. Yeah, that's what it is, right? Okay, yeah. Which means the most common individual outcome is zero mortal wounds. So, I mean, I think in that way too, uh, you know, it 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 could be a little bit of a of a dicey 
dicey situation, yeah, I think. Here's the problem with Kragnos. The problem with Kragnos is why would I give up in, in a Sons of Behemoth army? At yeah. Least, why would I give up a 35 wound gatebreaker for an 18 wound 600 to 700 character? Number one, if I took him, if I put him in my army, he'd weaken my army. Like he'd literally weaken my army. Okay. Uh, because of the way the sons of Bimet are point costed. I mean, I, yeah. I would lose my three mega army and all of a sudden now it would be some weird kind of amalgam of, of units just to get him in. And there's no way I'm doing that. Right. My army is stronger without him. So I put him in my army. Um, if a model, I think the model's phenomenal. I mean, I'm definitely going to get the model just because I love it. Um, but no, he'll never be in my army. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I'm going to have him. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to fit him in my army, depending on his points. But like you guys said earlier, I agree with you. I think he's going to be somewhere. I don't think he's going to be more than 700, but I think he's going to be probably at 700 points. Um, I, I I think he's definitely easily going to be minimum 650, maximum 700 points. So that's going to be a tough pill to swallow in any 2,000 point army for sure. If you don't have high rend and you're going up against him, you're in trouble. Okay. So game, you don't have it rend too. Okay. You're going to be running into trouble quick with this guy. True. Yeah. 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 I think high rend armies are, oddly enough, it's the destruction armies that are made to beat it. Yeah. Because they high rend with big beasties and stuff. Um, I deepkin are another army that have a great chance of taking them out in one round of combat because of the fuel charge. Yep. So all Volkerns has to do is you know do his ever ready battery up, and as soon as they get within range of him, he just lets them loose with a plus fifty million attacks and he's dead. True. I mean that battle will drop in one round of combat from a charge of eels that are maybe strong they'll just they'll slaughter him yeah yeah so that that's kragnos i mean you know what let, let's keep it rolling here because we, we do got a couple smaller other other items in the news that i want to get to i mean um army box you know that's coming with uh, with kragnos all these different army boxes with broken realms that are going to be released i mean i think it's nice of them to to uh, meaning them meaning gw to finally include uh you know beastman beast of chaos box with uh, with kragnos i think the beastman has two of the same kits as the start collecting box. Uh, that's a little disheartening, but uh, they must really want to get rid of these uh, shamans and cygors, which, which are older. I think they're 7th edition uh, Fantasy Battles models. There's also a value box with a cygor and some bulgors a few years ago that I think they were trying to uh, schlub off to the community. But guys, what are your thoughts? I mean, uh, Chuck, I'm going to throw it at you. Or actually, John, you know, you're the guest. I, I, I passed over last time. <laughs> what, are your, uh, what are your thoughts on some of these, uh, these smaller boxes that they're releasing with Kragnos? Uh, that Skaven one is just straight value. Okay. Storm, you know, Storm Fiends and War Lightning Cannon with a Warlock Bombardier, that's just ash money, homie. Like, that's that's a good deal. Okay. All right. I, you know, I never thought about it that way. My son plays Skaven, but it makes sense, you being an Ideneth player, to like Skaven. That, that still kind of fits in your wheelhouse and play style. <laughs> play Hordes, screen out, yeah. suffer massive casualties, and that's... then uh, watch the plane all come together. Yeah, you know what I noticed? So no, no destruction in the box at all. But but it's understandable given the the, the cruel boys, uh, new destruction army plus Kragnos that's coming out. There's plenty of love for destruction. But um, yeah, that's the reason they didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And as a side note, name characters in those boxes always feels um, how do I want to put this strange to me. 
um, particularly with Drycha in in the uh, the mm. Sylvaneth one. I, I've always wondered why there isn't a generic, you know, uh, you know, you know, Tree Lord or whatever in there in the version anywhere. It, it, it's it, it's a fancy design. I, I like the kit, and, and and it comes with different uh, bug options and all that kind of stuff. But I, I don't know the the name characters in those kind of kits always kind of I, I kind of stand back and scratch my head a little bit at those. I mean, anyone else have a problem with that, or am I just weird? No, you're. No, it's you're, not just you. It's not just you. Okay. <laughs> well, no, good. fish for the fish for the same way because, um, especially in Marathi, um, the battalion for fish in that is uh, effectively turns Alapexes into shield drones, except they're <laughs> eight wound Ren two shield drones, so sure. they're not very shield drony. Um, but the problem is that he's a named character, so you can't take, um, you can't take an artifact, and he right. uh, has to have like the Lord of Storm and Sea, so it's it's super restrictive. So yeah, well, you're you're yeah. not the only one. He becomes a unique item, so it's basically one and done type of thing. Right, right. You know the it's the same thing with the Dracha box that's coming with the uh, I believe it's the Sprite Revenants is in there or something. I mean, it's a great value. Don't get me wrong, because you are getting Dracha, who's a fairly pricey kit for the amount, and then you're getting two five man teams of Sprite Revenants in there. So it's a great start. You pair that with the start collecting ninety. And you got a good start, a little starter army going right there. And I think that box is only like 75, 80 bucks. It's not that expensive. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we're going to have to see. I mean, all these boxes are great. I just think what they're trying to do is maybe turn over new models uh, for, for the new for the new edition. Uh, but uh, Elizabeth, here we go, man. We are now going to talk about some of those reveals that you were bringing up a little earlier in the chats. And uh, Steve, we got a lot to go through with this, man. We, we, we got a lot to kind of shore up here. We know that the uh, you know, Dominion box set's going to be reviewed this Saturday at 1 p.m., but you go ahead, man. I'm rolling with you. Say it. You know, I think Elizabeth just wants to see a zombie horde tear down Kragnos, and that's a beautiful so sight. What a beautiful thing that would be to see that happen. It, it it's, probably will happen. It's cinematically Elizabeth, don't beautiful. don't go far. You're going to be on the show coming up pretty soon. <laughs> Stick around. I, I would love to see that myself, Steve. Just 40 zombies just oh, tearing him apart. Sight, <laughs> oh, look at all those sixes. Oh, my God. How many mortal wounds did he just take? I don't know. He's dead, man. He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many mortals he took because now he's dead again. Yeah. But oh, I still have a, a chance to bring him back as a zombie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Kragnos is a zombie. Um, but here it is. We we know that we got the Dominion box. Uh, that that's finally been revealed. You know, all the all the crazy talk we've been we've been kind of throwing out there, Steve. Now we know that uh, Dominion is going to be finally talked about, and they're going to open up well, yeah, that I mean, uh, that box. And it's exactly what we said was coming. And you know. Hopefully now, once Saturday is over and, you know, everything is revealed, we'll be vindicated completely um, because so far everything we've said that is coming has appeared in some fashion. Right. And when we finally do see these cruel boys and we see what they look like, I mean, we already, uh, Elizabeth already put us, she said, there's a shot from that video where there's this smaller kind of orcish kind of creature charging towards the Stormcast. And he just takes his staff and belts it. Well, you're not going to just belt an orc. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? We but got it. We got him showing up. It's not big enough to be a goblin. Yeah. So, I mean, it's exactly what we said it would be. It's taller than a goblin, shorter than an orc. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to see the cruel boys. I think we're going to see these new storm casts, which I'm sure are going to be just absolutely off the charts. Um, 
and thank God because I think Stormcast have needed a makeover for so long. And when I first saw those Spearmen and I saw um, uh, St. Celestine for AOS, it's, it's, it's just a phenomenal line of models that they have coming out. And I think Cruel Boys are, um, are going to be even better. Yeah. Yeah, and let me throw something out there to Chaos Spawn. Uh, you know, you're asking if the Cruel Boys are going to be the Army name for certain. You know, what what our source did tell us was that that's a, that's a name that's being put to the Army, uh, specifically if that's going to be uh, the Army name or if, in fact, it's going to be a unit. We don't know, but we know that the name Cruel Boy has been put to the Army, and it most likely, well, it's going to be used somewhere in the Army, if not the entire yeah, Army. Yeah, you will see it in some fashion in the Army. Exactly. But, Steve, you, you, you at one time thought that maybe this could be the name of the entire Army. I do think it is the name of the army. Okay. I, I do. I, I am going to stick with that. I do think the name of the, of the army is the cruel boys. Um, and I think that they're just going to be an amalgam of hobgoblin kind of goblin slash orcs. And they're going to be exactly what we said they were. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And you know, it's going to be interesting because um, I, I think that this is really what uh, the game needed. I, I, I personally loved the hobgoblins of old. Uh, I, I love that whole idea. I love the fact that you had this other green you know, skin faction that didn't really mingle or mesh well with the other green skins, at least back in the day. No, that was a storyline. Yeah. Yeah. And now that we're going to be getting these guys back, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm just ecstatic. I, I really, really am ecstatic. And, you know, so here's what we know, guys. We know that it's going to be dropping in July. AOS 3.0. Uh, we, we know that we're getting the Dominion box. We know that it's going to be half Stormcast and it's going to be half the Cruel Boys. Let's just put it that way. This Hobgoblin-esque green skin army that we've been talking about. We know the board side, size is definitely changing, 44 by 60. Uh, charge reactions, we all know about that. That's going to be happening. I mean, Steve, shore it up for us, man. What are, what, what are your thoughts on AOS 3.0 right now? I think it's going to be the biggest release of a fantasy games workshop game ever um the popularity right now of aos 2.0 is off the charts i mean gw is making so much money they don't know where to stuff it <laughs> and when this army box is released it will be sold out day one you will never see another copy of this box set the and i'm talking about the dominion box um because that's the indominus box so that's a one-shot wonder in other words you miss it, it's gone. Right. It will be sold out at every store. It will be uh, it will be mayhem on release day. It'll be the it'll be the biggest event of a GW. It'll be the biggest summer event the GW has had probably since the relaunch of 40k. Yeah, I... it, it, it's just it's just going to be absolutely insane. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Elizabeth Storter just said, I think it's going to be a five-minute release, and it'll be sold out. I uh, completely yes, agree with she's that. she's exactly right. And to tell you the truth, Elizabeth has probably given it too much time. It'll be, <laughs> sold, out, it'll be sold out so fast that it could yeah. even shut down their website. It's going to be big. I mean, the, people don't understand. This is going to be a monstrous release. Well, I've got two well, it, ready to go. I, I just want to say, like, I think some reasons that are precluded into that is that, one, we have a lot of interest in Games Workshop in the last one to two years. COVID has really, like, driven people to the Internet, driven them into gaming. And now what are we coming into, Steve? We're coming into the United States basically opening up, the world opening up, events yep. are coming abroad. Um, 
I think players are going to try and find uh, the justification for buying two box sets. Not only will you need the miniatures, but you're going to need to split that with a friend, right? Mm -hmm. Typically in those box sets, you get 750 to like 1100 points. Well, typical GTs are 2000. Um, In addition to that, we have the new Chamber of Stormcast coming out. We have a new destruction uh, battle tome, essentially. And if we get some type of AOS rules release for 3.0 in that box set that'll probably be your first dive into the new rules so if you want to be up on the rules you're gonna have to get your feet wet well what's going to happen with that box set is you're going to have exactly what you just said you're going to have people trading out so you're going to see people at who are just going to get the box sets for the cruel boys and he's going mm-hmm. to trade out the Stormcast. So people are going to be wheeling and dealing like crazy, which I think is a great idea. I mean, it's, it's exactly what people should be doing with those box sets. And we do know for a fact that there is going to be a rule book in there, just like in Dominus. So you will get the rules three weeks, maybe three to four weeks early. And those people will be the most popular people at every game store because everyone's going to want to see those books. And But that's a good thing because what you should do as a club is get the game you made two people play and everybody else watches and yes. you speak through the rules and you go over the changes and I think that's exactly for that first month before the actual main release and then once the main release hits it's going to be the summer of Sigmar probably well December. yeah yeah, I you know what I like the way you put that. I, I every, every time I hear you say that the summer of Sigmar, I, I just start smiling. I I, I love that. Uh, I, I love that just that whole idea of what that is. I mean, John, what are your thoughts on this deliverable man? AOS three point three point oh dropping with uh, with the Indominus box. What do you think about the new Greenskins, man? What do you think about them? So I think uh, this this opens up uh, a really interesting parallel, um, and it's this is a question for the three y'all because I'm slightly behind on whether or not or excuse me, what is going to be in it. Are we are we confident that it's just Stormcast? Because I saw today, or it was either today or yesterday, uh, one of the teasers that they had talked about for Saturday looked very much kind of like an old Bretonian model. And so in my head, what I first thought was that it was going to be Excelsis versus the Cruel Boys, not Stormcast versus the Cruel Boys, because Excelsis is the new city that Kragnos was attacking. No spoilers, I'm not going to tell anybody what happens. But Excelsis is the city, and that's got a storm keep in it. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe that's what it's going to be. Instead yeah, of just like. It could be, John. It could actually be a, co- a combination of both. It could be Stormcast right. and possibly even a new Order army. I know that um, a lot of people have been talking about this Order of Azir, which would be Excelsis. It would be the, the, the city in Azir. So. Who knows? I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, I don't think anyone's going to be upset if we get Stormcast and like a human army along with them, like the city of Azir. Oh my God! I mean, people that would people would go nuts. Well, the right order because of Azir... that's sorry, sorry, John. To say the Order of Azir is um, is actually a penitent cult. It's witch hunters and priests. That's what the that's what the order is. So the guy we saw in that little hidden shadow that was on their thing, I believe, is an order of Azir priest, probably one of their named ones. Mm -hmm. I think we're gonna we're gonna hear a lot more about them in the next Broken Realm book. Well, I mean, with so Excelsior and things of that matter, I wouldn't be surprised if we see 
that little sub faction in that box or released at the same time. Oh, I mean, who would who would be disappointed? You know, nobody. I I'm, think, I'm yeah, glad exactly. there's more cities that see more shit coming. I I'm, think, I'm oh, happy. Well, going to get more because that is where they're going with this. The cities of Sigmar, yeah. the school city of Sigmar book even states there are there yeah. are other cities out there that are growing cities that are that was, developing. Well, and look we're, at the we're whole. The, we're the Imperial Guard, basically. <laughs> look at the yeah. whole city, cursed city uh, box set that came out. We had witch hunters that came out in that. We yeah. had just recently the witch hunters with crossbows or the gun where he's standing with a torch and you mm -hmm. know firing a, across the way. Um, and I just googled uh, realmoplastic.com. The Order of Azir is an organization of witch hunters, vampire hunters, demon hunters, and mortal humans that battle the horrors of the mortal realms. That just yep. sounds like a freaking campaign if you're talking to me um yeah. and models that people want to buy and paint can, well can if you, you say remember the Holy Crusades? one of the game designers said and i can't remember who it was but one of the game designers said that the world right now is mm -hmm. so violent for the humans that the minute they leave their cities they immediately are attacked by something yep but it's chaos whether it's uh, the death armies, they're immediately attacked. That's how hostile the environment is outside yeah. of these cities because these armies of death and chaos and destruction do not want these order armies getting a foothold and making any more cities because that, that's where they know their strength comes from. Yep. It's almost like the Dark Ages for the humans, isn't it? Pretty, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, pretty much. It, uh, you know what, guys? I, this almost could be our topic. I mean, I, we, we maybe we don't have to talk about Iden at Deepkin at all tonight, man. We could just continue talking about this stuff. Uh, John, what do you think, man? <laughs> got... uh, so the last thing, yeah, the last thing I'll say on it is uh, the parallel that I was going to say is that there was, um, there was a little game like back in the '90s, I think it was. Um, I think it was called like Warcraft Orcs and Humans, mm -hmm. um, and I think that was, uh, you know, I think that if that's a testament to how popular. Uh, humans versus orcs can be this is just going to print money like, yeah. just, let's just be honest this is just gonna... <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think you're absolutely right but i mean we're going to find out this saturday guys i know that that's going to be yeah uh, it's all over saturday it's going to be what i think it's going to be about one o'clock <laughs> over saturday it's yeah. all over <laughs> well you, you know you know what's funny guys game over man i know i don't want to sound like a big uh, uh braggadocio schnook here i guess but you know for us age of sigma 3.0 has been happening since march yeah, And so it's like, I'm finally like, it's not new anymore. I'm like, oh, thank God it's coming to an end. We can actually start playing the game now. So, uh, yeah. But, you know, in, well, in a way. People been... are ready for the transition. Yeah. People are, we, we know this is coming. It's, it has been past for painting or that, you know, they've been painting now. Right. Once the summer of Sigmar gets going, and people start returning to stores, GW is going to be opening up their stores again, you are going to see, like, every tournament in the country is going to be sold out within minutes. Oh, yeah. Instead of hours or days. They're going to be sold out in minutes because yep. people are ready to go. People are ready to fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and uh, it's going to be a good time for all of us, man. In, in the words of the, uh, the voice in my head, Steve, man, it's going to be the summer of Sigmar, and this is going to be good stuff. But speaking of transition, man, we're going to be back, and we're going to be talking about the Eidneth Deepkin. A public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. 
Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, Get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. Now, back to the show. Finding Nemo, man. We are ready to uh, start talking about the Ideneth Deepkin. And these guys are back here talking about, like, some vampire cartoon and gymnastics and Pilates and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's just, it, it, it's crazy. All right. So, so John, how'd you hang in there, man, behind that uh, behind that little commercial? You okay, man? You still with us? Oh, yeah. Still here. All right. We, uh, we, we lost... Uh, we lost Steve. He he had uh, he had to jump off, and uh, he had some stuff he had to get taken care of. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's kind of personal. But here it is, guys. We are going to here to talk about this army right here, man. The Ideneth Deep Kin. So, all right, gamer goons. John, here it is. I'm going to throw this to you. You're our guest. You're the Ideneth Deepkin professional here on the show. Do you agree? Um, and I'm I'm going to kind of repeat what a lot of people have been saying about this army to me, in just casual conversations, really since I've been uh, playing against this. And um, uh, losing against them, uh, do you agree with some folks that have had commented that the Ideneth Deepkin are in a weird spot right now because they have a limited model range? Do you think that's that's impacted them negatively or positively in any way? Uh, I agree that the model range is limited. Um, however, I don't know if that's the reason that they're being negatively impacted. Um, I think the reason that they're being negatively impacted is that you have this litmus test that is the Morsar Guard. And it's so difficult because if you... Let me actually back up a second. If your goal with the army is that you you just you love aquatic denizens and you love the backstory to them, and that's, that's what you want, then this army is sweet. You love it. But if you're viewing it from a competitive lens, any time that you start list building, even up till now, you end up discovering that you just say, okay, well, I could play this... Or I could play that many points of Morsar Guard. I see people are saying I can't hear me. Yeah, yeah. I, I can hear you just fine, but I guess I guess some folks aren't 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 uh, coming in. So, uh, Chuck, what are your thoughts, man? I mean, this army. Do you think they've been negatively impacted or positively impacted because of their uh, low model count? You know, I think it depends on which type of army you, you take. If you're taking a highly mobile army that is eel focused, I think you're going to have. Uh, control of the table board and people are going to be reacting to the movement that you do so positively encouraged in that aspect negatively encouraged if you if your army does not focus around that if you're more of a a turn-by-turn player as opposed to um a a a active um 
more non-defensive player. Okay. Um, all right. So, yeah, so my standpoint has been I have only really seen the eel side of things when I play against opponents because that's typically what is taken at your your GT level games over a two-day period uh, where I have to more or less play the objectives. Okay. Uh, I, you know, even if I go first, I'm trying to secure and defensively uh, allocate my units or units to within like a six-inch radius around the objectives, and I'm being attacked. They're coming in to me because I don't have a 14-inch movement uh, yeah. and five uh, command points to just sit there and like flex. Like if somebody's gonna be like, Psh, I'm gonna blow this plus three attacks, and I do this, this, and this, I'm like. Okay, I get to reroll armor saves. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I mean, all right. I, so, so John, here's what we're gonna do, man. I'm gonna roll this back at you because uh, I think I think we got. Uh, I think I think your microphone is good now. Your levels look to be pretty good now. So here we go again. I mean, do you agree with folks? And this is this is my original question to you, John, that um, that have commented me when talking about this army that the Adnith Deepkin are in a weird spot right now as it stands because they have a limited model range. What are your thoughts on when, when those kind of comments? Yeah, like a, uh, so. Like I said before, I, I think that it, it really depends on what you're wanting to do with the army um because if you're if your goal is to be competitive just like chuck just said like you're you're going to be evaluating that entire list building phase on the and that's that's what you have to evaluate it on because unfortunately it's probably the only correctly pointed thing in the tome like i guess that's a nuclear take some people would say okay um, i can't say that i i had originally had that i actually first heard that from Haywo. Um, and I, oh. the more I dwelled on it and the more I meditated on it, the, the more I actually think he, he might actually be correct. Um, but the thing is, is that just, just like Chuck said, um, when you, uh, when you start looking at tournament lists and when you start attending GTs, if you see you're playing Deepkin, there's like, I don't know, maybe a 5% chance that you're going to see something really fringe. Like Ben Spinetti in Australia loves playing a bunch of sharks. Like he's got a shark NATO list. That's looks <laughs> absolutely a blast to play. And there's there's a chance that you might play something like that, but by and large, you're probably going to be seeing like a couple of these and a couple more of these. Oh sure. And then yeah. another couple more of these, and that's um, that's kind of how. Uh, unfortunately, that's that's the uh, that's the bed that they've made to lay in right yeah. now. So you know, it's funny because I my two cents in the tin can on this thing is I think this has helped them in a strange way. Um, but, but every single thing in, in, in that range varies from, and I'm just going to say this, at least in my opinion of being an opponent against the Eidnet Deepkin for a long time, everything in that range varies from good to great. I mean, except for the Reavers, I guess. I think we can all agree on that. Um, and the army as a whole is one of the strongest in the game. And I think that's what we're going to really d deep dive into here tonight. No pun intended, deep dive into, um, as far as how they've remained really in the top three, top five since 2018. Um, you know, and, and here's what I want to kind of throw back at you, John. I mean, when I think about this army and, and when you and I talked about, you know, you know, having you on the show and what we we're going to talk about, this was so obvious to me because you're a hell of an Iden at Deepkin player. Um, it, you know, again, folks, for a lot of people just joining us, I mean, he, he was the, uh, uh, armed forces day champion for last year, and, and he's back to, uh, defend his title again this year, uh, here in about a week and a half. So, but, but what I want to say is. The Idnit Deepkin were one of the last armies to be released for Age of Sigmar's first edition in 2018, and were clearly written at that time with the new rules in mind. And, and this is what I want to say. Like the Maggotkin with their Wheel of Corruption, the Idnith have the Tide, right, uh, as an example of what the new rule books were written for and, and mechanic-wise at that time. And it's amazing to me that the Tide has really held on and been a huge beneficial mechanic to that army i mean you, you, what would you do without it i mean what are your thoughts about their mechanics in general 
So um, I guess no. I, I realize I'm saying this a bunch. I'm just full of hot takes tonight. Eels outside of the Edenet Deepkin Tome, they're not actually that good. So I and I and I can prove this. So Lumineth Realm Lords have been live for quite some time, and they've been able to ally Deepkin in from day one. How many of them are allying in Eels? Well, uh, okay, many. yeah. And and see, that's the thing is that the reason so the reason that Edenet Deepkin are so powerful. Uh, in regards to the tides, is because of the redundancy in the tome. You've got rerolling ones to hit from Fwethen for being in battle rounds two and four. You've got rerolling ones to hit from your king for just being within eighteen or wholly within eighteen inches of him. You've got rerolling ones if you're Dom Hain if you're charging. You've got reroll all wounds if you're a monster if you're Dom Hain. Like there's just so much redundancy in the tome that just really ensures that when you get in, you're gonna deal damage, okay. and that's the reason right. that it's really powerful. All right. You know, and John, I think I think with the release of the second edition and their, their gradual falling behind due to a, you know, I guess currently a, I, I'm going to say an outdated tome, even though it still really kind of stood the test of time, their success still has them showing on the tournament scoreboards. And I think that's the thing that I still yeah. find amazing. And I think as far as strengths, I'm just going to rattle a couple of them off, off right off the top of my head that I can think of. I think the low model count, as I said before, and I want to kind of you know, kind of exasperate this point, you know, you could play a lot of models, but you're probably going to be below 30 models in a 2,000-point list, I would, I would guesstimate, with, uh, with this army. So I think the low model count helps because I think it gives that player, again, we talk about this all the time in the show, is it the general mm-hmm. or, the, or the army? I think it gives that particular player an ability to learn very few models in a short amount of time and master those things. Uh, and again, I think the, the the unique mechanics, like say the tide, you know, getting different buffs every turn of the game, you know, it makes forward planning really pay off. And I think that's the I think that's another key to the uh, a player's ability to almost have that muscle mem- memory on the table. I think that keeps your opponent on, on on your toes. I mean, I've seen you do it in games. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually a really good point. Um, I think that the low model count is actually two edged sword, and it's the reason why Deepkin is probably one of the highest level of punishing armies if you play it poorly. Um, Because if you, so for instance, if you move up and you take top of one, for instance, uh, and you fail a charge, Mm -hmm. if you fail your charge on one with like a stack of six Morsar guard, honestly, you could probably go ahead and go to Chick-fil-A because you're probably already lost, Um, which it sucks when you think about it. But the thing is, is that like, that's, that's the, um, like that's the that's the sword you bear is that you right. are a very high mobility, high damage army. But if you don't do that, then what are you? Like you're just fish. You're yeah. a four up save. Now, of course, we can get to that in a second because that's that drastically changes. And to be honest, actually, that segues great into the tides because in battle round one, before the introduction of Broken Realms Marathi, um, unless you were very one very specific uh, army build, battle round one. For the entire battle round, you were under cover, unless you charge, of course, you're not eligible for cover like a monster. But you were still effectively this, your eels were three up saves, your Namartis were four up saves, or five ups, mm-hmm. um, and your king was a two up save. Like you you had this army, it doesn't matter where you are on the board, whether you're in terrain or not, you just get plus one to save. And that's a very, very, very powerful effect. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and I think that's I think that's the army as a whole. I mean, what you're what you're kind of what you're saying though, though, if if, you, if I must if I didn't misunderstand you, is that with all these mechanics and everything we're talking about, the army is very versatile. You know, you you can interact with all phases of the game, and you can control those phases. You know, it's it's like what Housie One Thousand just said on the boards, like being able to force your opponent to shoot the closest model. I mean, that's 
you're, you're literally taking advantages and positioning and abilities away from your opponent in very subtle ways. And that's why I would say that this army, with all of that, is is versatile. So, so I mean, really good points. You know, and I think the other thing, too, that binds this army well together, you, you can talk about the models, and they are gorgeous models. I think that's another thing, why a lot of people yes. play them. The models are, are gorgeous. Um, the mechanics are awesome. Um, but I think the binding factor of a lot of these armies is how they how the synergies, and I think those synergies are glued together, and we've talked about this in the show too, in command traits. Um, one that comes to my, top of my, my, my head, because it's used against me quite a bit in one of the guys in our gaming group, uh, Rob, is Unstoppable Fury. Uh, this is that uh, the high tide thing where you get uh, plus two extra attacks, and, 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 and it makes... Uh, your 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 best phase even like better than it normally is. So I th- I think Unstoppable Fury is one that pops out of the top of my mind as far as things that again not only can it, it it's almost like you're adding insult and injury to your opponent you know, and I right. think that's something that's helped this army stay on top. Um, as far as talking about those other things for sure. Right. Um. And again, you know, like you said before, you know, when when you're mixing together something like Dom Dom Hain, you know, the, as far as an enclave is concerned, um. I think that's, I mean, is that still the predominant one, would you say? I mean, when, when you're talking about Dom Hain, I, I think that would still be, right? I mean, is, is there any other Enclave yeah. you'd recommend? So I, I'll bounce between Fuethen and Enclave or Futan. I, I don't I don't. I say Futan. I've said like Futan for, yeah. Okay. Futan, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, I've bounced between the two of those uh, predominantly. I've got like this this niche list that's um, like two turtles in <laughs> Nautilar because you can like give one ignoring rend one and two, or you can give them both ignoring rend one, um, which is pretty cool. Right. Uh, but predominantly, right. yes. And the, the reason for that is because in tournaments, you're going to primordially, wow, primarily <laughs> see, uh, you're going to primarily see um, eels. And if you want to take the Akelian core, generally you're going to want to take Domhain because Domhain allows you to take up to six units of, of Akelians instead of uh, the standard, which I believe is four, um, four or five. Um, so that that again, actually that actually gives me a good question that as I was I was trying to figure out where to put the put the question but sure we know that 3.0 they're they're saying that battalions are gone except for generic yeah. how is do you think that's going to affect your overall build now that you're going to lose your your one drop two drop and you might be back up to say a cities of sigmar level where you have 9 to 10 drops right um so one thing it is um caps it for the Achillean core. Um, so uh, I'll say this, uh, that's, that's actually a really good question. Um, the, the thing is, is that if you, if you're playing the Achillean core, you're actually just playing it so that you can fight for the drop count and you don't always have to actually fight for the drop count with Deepkin, which is kind of bizarre for some players, because when you tell somebody like, well, how many, how many drops are you? Well, I'm cities of Sigmar drops or I'm Skaven drops or I'm three drops. Well, the thing is, is that when when you ask Skaven, like, how many drops are you? Well, I'm seven trillion drops. Well, you don't really care as much because unless unless they're going to drop Plague Monks in front of you and then charge them in, they're going to advance up the board, they're going to get their spells off, and then they're going to pass the turn over to you, and then you do your thing. Well, the thing is with Deepkin is that even if you don't run the Akelian core, which I've actually ran very much because, to be wholly honest, until the, until the revamp of the turtle, I didn't actually think it was worth it. Now I do think it's worth it. Okay. Um, you, you didn't really care. Like you could go to 10 drops. I mean, last year at armed forces day, I mean, I was tw- like 11. Justin, I, say, I thought, I, mean, I thought you were yeah, nine, but yeah, my, off the top of my head, I thought it was like, nine, I, but I, mean, yeah. I think he, he, was, he, was, one. he was nine or 10 and I had like, think like 12. 
It was like yeah, I, I barely beat Justin. Barely. Beat my I remember drop. when I told him. I remember when I told him because Justin was like, "Wait, how many drops are you?" And I'm just like, "Oh, jeez." Yeah. So I, I so what I, I again, this goes back to the versatility, though. I mean, even even with the amount of drops that you have, I mean, a lot of people like I know as myself as a BC Chaos player, I'm always going to want to make sure that I have as few drops as possible, one to two drops at most, so I can force my opponent to go first, so I can ambush on them. And but but you're saying what I'm hearing is this army. One of the things that's helped this army stay on top is that it doesn't matter. You can you can bypass that entire you concern. Care. You don't care. I mean, See, that that's, that's the thing is that that's, that's also a, yeah that's that's also a test for the pilot. Um, so if if you have the impression that you think like it, depending on how your opponent's deploying, especially if you're at like ten or eleven drops, Justin can attest to this as well. Mm-hmm. If they finish at like four or five, and you can see where everything's going to be, and you get the impression you're like, yeah, he's probably going to make me go first. You can just drop nothing in the Ether Sea except for the Skull Scryer. Right. And you can just put six Morsar Guard on the line. And you can just move the Morsar Guard 14. Then they'll get a free plus three to charge. Because, I mean, sure, they're going to block. Of course, your opponent's going to want to block out the Deep Strike capability for six eels. But are they going to block out the Deep Strike capability for a 32 mil base? No. Not not likely. Not, yeah. right, not readily, no. Yeah, right, and so I mean, then, then you you have to think about it. Like, if you're deploying on the nines, that's 18 inches between. Well, you're I'm almost already guaranteed that charge. And then if you're behind it behind your screen, if you're or excuse me, if you're past that behind your screen, well, then I'm just gonna have to like. And I did this actually, Justin. I did this to Justin. Yep. You spin your eels long ways, and you just jump the line. You're just like, okay, that's a cool chaff line. Boop. Like here I come to your siege tanks. Like, it, yep. you don't really care. Tied so, up all four of my tanks in one round. Yeah, so yeah. so this puts into play what is tough for players who, one, may not normally play against Ideneth Deacon, and two, seasoned players who have played this army for one to three years. If you know your, your tides, and you know when they're going to take effect, and your opponent may or may not make you go first, you're going to play according to the tide that will occur on whichever turn you choose to incur close combat shooting or striking first or or what have you just like you were getting into there um you're like it doesn't matter if i go first i'll just turn to whatever turn three and fight at the start of the combat phase that's when i'm gonna go in charge take my objectives and i know at that point my uh, objective points are going to go from six to 14 because i'm going to take three of them i know that i can pump x number of repetitive uh combat traits into my units whether it's plus one attack this reroll that or plus one to wound plus one to hit and and i know that i'm like guaranteed like a 70 to 80 percent chance to be able to put out so many wounds and and take that model off the table i i think there's enough redundancy in the army that for a well-trained player or seasoned player that has 20 to 50 games underneath their belts with a specific list or or what have you uh that the reliability is there wouldn't you say that yeah. Uh, okay. So before before I even answer that, you said one thing just then, and I really want to emphasize this. And this goes this goes super out to all of like the people that play Deepkin a lot. Um, the names, well, I'm not going to name names, but if you're if you play <laughs> Deepkin primarily, um, the, so th- this is the thing, and I, and I mean this from a very contrite and very sincere place, deep in my fishy soul. Um, if you if you play Deepkin primarily. I do not think that Deepkin is an army that really needs to be brought to any kind of like one day Saturday events that your LGS. Um, because I think that teaching somebody to play against Ideneth effectively teaches them how not to play against the predominant majority of the game. And that's a very dangerous habit to get into. And on top of that, they could still play it correctly 
and still just get completely punished by Morsar Guard. And that's a really bad feeling. And so I think as experienced pilots, like especially speaking for myself, I'll only speak for myself. If if I know that we're going to be having like a SIG Monday and we're going to have four or five people out there, the only reason, the only way that I would want to actually bring fish out is if it directly says, John, I want to play against the tournament. Because otherwise, I'm just going to go out there and try and help people and coach them. Because it's just, it can be such an NPE sometimes. You... You bring your models out. It's been a long day at work. You, you're ready to play some mm -hmm. Sigmar. You line up your you line up your stuff, and then just like I Thanos snap, and half your army's gone, and you're just like, you well, this <laughs> this sucks. Yeah, that's that's kind of that, that, that's kind of where my my Greywater fastest list was getting, and that's why it's sitting on a shelf right now. Oh. Yeah, and I think I think yeah. you know the point to, to that you just made, John, that I was thinking of, and I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. I think that there's so many things that this army can do: the versatility, the movement tricks, the mm -hmm. shenanigans, the and the, the, the combat. And but when you talk about the guard, you know, I go back to some of the command. Uh, traits, you know, like Merciless Raider for one, you know, this is where you can reroll your running charges. That's going to be, you know, brutal on, on, on a unit like that. Or Hunters of the Soul is another one. You know, we're talking about rerolling ones to wound. You know, all these things that they're going to be able to do to you that are almost like gears of a of a machine, of, of, a, of like a, a sports car. You know, you, you find right. those gears and it actually helps you control the tempo. Again, going back to versatility, I know. But uh, of, of how the army is able to really kind of control the board. Uh, what was that one? What's the one I'm trying to go off, off memory here? It was one with the two plus bravery to units that are wholly within 12 inches of a, of a character. It's uh, like King of the Sea. The Lord of Storm and Sea. That's it. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. I couldn't, I couldn't remember what it was. But I know I hate it. As, as a guy that plays <laughs> against uh, Iden at Deepkin, I really don't like that at all. Uh, and I, th I think it's, um, I think that it's, is it, is it two models? Uh, or something like that, saved from from fleeing, um, or something like that. Or it, it, I don't remember yeah, what what it, what it is, but I mean it's 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 a two plus bravery, and so now even as somebody that's fighting against them, you can't chop through them, you know, and and it just it no. makes it it's insult to injury every round. So I like what you said about the little Saturday RTT. That goes yeah. That, that goes back to our that battle shock thing. We've had a conversation though about where battle shock has no meaning in the game. We we've had that conversation several times over. Mm -hmm. So. Well, this this only amplifies that, but uh, exactly. But I mean, John, what what are some other things about the army that you would think has made it consistently stay in that in that top three, top five since twenty eighteen? So, Howes mentioned this in chat, um, and I think this this really, if if there is one thing that really keeps Ideneth in a very unique position, and I'll explain what that position is, it is forgotten nightmares. Um, oh. I think, and this is just my personal take after playing 130-something games with this <laughs> army, um, on a really conservative note, I think. Um, I think that the existence of Forgotten Nightmares is it is the gatekeeper. Excuse me. It is what enables Idanet to be the gatekeeper. Because if you're bringing a heavy gunline shooting list, like KO, for instance... Um, I played against Josh Lopez last year at uh, Armed Forces Day, and he played KO, and he was doing spectacularly. And then he ran into Deepkin. And it's this really awkward scenario where KO's strategy is that they want to find the HVTs, they want to snipe them off, and then we'll deal with you with Gunstock Thunderers when the time comes. But Deepkin say, you can shoot what I want you to shoot. And right. anytime that you're able to make your... Excuse me. Anytime you're able to make a decision for your opponent... That's a good mm -hmm. decision for you because then you can make it in the best way that benefits you. Mm -hmm. And so they can drop gunships wherever they want. They can drop them from like 
I don't know, here to Prussia. But you're going to shoot either Ishlayengard, a three stack of Morsar that I don't care about that I'm using as bait, or something that I'm using as a reverse screen. Because, mm. and this is, when I say reverse screen, what I mean by that is, so the way that Forgotten Nightmares works with allies is that if I, like, let's say I have, um, like, you're at position A, my eels are at position C, and then I have Aether Wings at position B. Well, the thing is, is that if you can see, if all three of us can see each other, we're in a, you know, a neutral, we're in the hyperbolic time chamber, for instance. <laughs> the thing is, you can't shoot the eel. You have to shoot the, or excuse me, the aether wing. I, I was about to say the aether fish because that's what I've been calling them. Right. You have to shoot the aether wing because of the way that Forgotten Nightmares is ruled. Because the way that it reads, I'm going to read this right off, is that, and there was an epic, and I, and I unfortunately didn't pull that up, but I can explain pretty well. It says, missile weapons can only be used to target an Ideneth Deepkin unit with this battle trait if that Ideneth Deepkin unit is the closest visible enemy unit. Well, that's a problem because the closest visible enemy unit to you are these three two wounds, no save birds that I'm using as a chaff line that hold objectives. Right. And now your entire shooting phase for one unit, at least, at least, has to go into those birds. And then maybe if I haven't double insulated my screen, maybe you can shoot something that you want to. Right. Maybe. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of do one better that I, that I, I played a game and I don't remember where the heck it was. And I know it wasn't against you, John. I, I don't think we've ever actually played a game against each other, which we got to do. But, uh, what's the, uh, the, the I've, I've seen, it was, uh, it was coupled with the forgotten nightmares ability. It was the, the cloud of midnight. That's what it was. Storm cloud. Son of yeah, a so... crap. That thing was terrible. Yep. I mean, is it, isn't, I think it's once per game or once per phase. I don't remember now. At the start of that phase, you can activate the cloud or whatever it is, mist, whatever the heck it is, and it literally stops you from, or meaning you, meaning the opponent, I guess, from targeting with attacks any type of enemy units with spells, abilities, for the rest of that phase. Yep. And and Yeah, that's... Um... And you can couple that with the Forgotten Nightmares, and it's just... Yep. Awful. I mean, as somebody that competes, <laughs> somebody that competes against the Iden at Thiepkin, it's just like it, you know, it's it's soul crushing when that happens to you. Like, good God, can it get any worse? Yeah. <laughs> but again, yeah, but that's just some. Um... But just another, uh, just another <laughs> reason. Uh, phone call. Uh, just another reason why. Um, I think that army is is is. But, but talk a little bit about that. Talk about like how you can couple certain things like that together. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually been one thing that I've been recently um, trying to trademark and get um, royalties for is the storm cloud combo, especially with <laughs> the new Eidolon of the Storm. You put a cloud of midnight on him, and all of a sudden he becomes this very real support piece that also just randomly is a butcher. He can retreat and charge, he heals on the charge, his attacks get better on the charge, and he can cruel hook down uh, a small hero. And you put a cloud of midnight on him, and all of a sudden you've got this like 12-inch move run in charge in battle round two and battle round four if you're Fwethan, Futan. And when you charge him, I just say like, cool, uh, Zonia's Hourglass, you're not hitting me for this phase. And then yeah. you just sit there and you're like, well, this is awkward. Because then you like look over 3.1 inches this way and there's like six more Sargard and you just think to yourself, you're like, how close am I to my higher power? Because I'm about to meet him. Oh, yeah. And it feels really bad. And it's a really feel bad moment sometimes because they they bank on it they they make their charge and you just say like okay that's cool and the the real the worst 
the worst feeling moment is um, when you attack with the Eidolon in high tide. You make all of his attacks, you blow open something, and then your opponents get ripped for, and he's chomping at the bit ready to go, and then you're just like, oh, and before you attack, I'll activate Cloud at Midnight. Because yeah. when they redid when they redid Who Fights First in the activation war, cheater courts, um, you know, you're the active player. You stack your start of combat triggers as you see fits. So you're just like, I'm going to stack them all like this, and the last thing that'll happen, I'm just going to make my Eidolon untargetable. So you're just sure. like, sure, oh, well. All right, well, here, here's 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 one quick question uh, that came in on the chat from Chaos Spawn. So here, this is for you, John. How does the new Bellacore do against Ideneth Deepkin Eel Spam? Uh, fine. Um, the the problem that I think Bellacore would initially, or excuse me, the problem that Bellacore is going to run into is that I think Puppet or Master of Puppets hits one unit. Is that right? You can turn one unit off. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, that's cool. Um, I've got. Eight other units of Marsar Guard, I guess. So I got to work with them, I yeah. suppose. You can sacrifice it. So, so it, you, in other words, it's it's he's kind of he's kind of feather fisted against him. In, in other words, right? To to an extent, I, I, I no means am I going to say that Belcor is a slouch. I mean, I'm not going to want to like go play Rochambeau with him, but you you got to be smart. <laughs> you got to be smart with how you're going to actually assault it because, and that's that's one thing that I really pride myself in. Um, and you know, my dad always told me he's like, don't you know. Pride goes before a fall. Don't be haughty. But the, the if there's one thing that I can actually pride myself in is that it's there's good decision making that's um, uh, that I've learned, that I've cultivated, that I've grown from all the people that have really taught me how to play this game. Um, and sometimes it's all about pulling off a leg or an arm instead of just going full hoss for the for the torso. Yeah. Because if you can if you remove somebody's mobility, then you just beat them in the you beat them on objectives, or you can pull off their threat piece and then you beat them in the combat phase. Or you pull off their heroes and then you just retreat and you right. beat them in the movement phase. So this, it's this it, army is definitely something that can do that. You can definitely slowly pick 100%. apart. I mean that that's that's kind of their MO. That's what we're talking about. But we're gonna be right back yeah. after this to talk a little bit more about Idenet Deepkin and why they're why they've been beating the crap out of everyone for so many years. Be right back. Hey gang. I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, Dice and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. Hey, you Grimdark goons. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. But hey, if you're new to the Grimdark Live experience, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, and like our show. This way you'll always know when it's time for Grimdark Live. 
And if you're a returning listener, thanks for being back. We love all you dice chucking, blue sniffing gamer goons. Also, please recommend us to your friends as Grimdark Live is a great show to get your nerd on every week. And if you like some after-ear action, give our podcast a listen after the live show. The podcast is typically published a couple of days after the live show. The link to the podcast is in the show notes below. And if you're already listening to our podcast, you rock, man. And if that ain't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. Again, that's grimdarklive.com. All right, now let's get back to the show. Volturnos, I know that guy, man. And uh, right, we were talking talking about this uh, at the uh, at the other side of the break, and I was I was explaining to John that that probably of all the name characters in the game, and I'm not saying this because our guest, I'm not sucking up to the guest tonight here, folks, but I'm saying Volturnos has always been one of my more favorite name characters uh, in the entire game. And and you know, with that, we were talking about you know command traits and artifacts and all that kind of stuff on, on the first part of the segment. here, talking about any item at Deepkin, and John, what did you say? Yeah, like um. The the I didn't hit deep can have some very varying command traits, but the thing is, is most of the time when you see a tournament list, you're going to see Volturnos as the general, yeah. and he's a named character, so he doesn't get access to either artifacts or command traits. So you you kind of have to weigh whether that's the pros or cons. Like, do I want to take an artifact and a command trait, or do I want to give three units like four bonus melee attacks in high tide? And sometimes you know that that equation very quickly goes to one side. So. Is I mean, let me ask you a question. Is Volturno something that you can live without? I mean, is it something that you traditionally play now, or have you have you, have you migrated to him, migrated away from him? Like, where are you at right now as an Ideneth Deepkin player, as far as as far uh, as it's Vol- concerned with name character? I'll just leave it at that. Would you answer that? Answer it that sure. way. So Volturnos, no, I actually don't know what the Deepkin army would look like um, without Volturnos himself proper. However, I do think, and this is just, and this is just a relic for being an old poem. I do think that his command ability is a little egregious. Um, okay. I, I do think that being able to turn High Tide into quite literally just like a ticking thermonuclear bomb, like that's <laughs> that's that's very rough because you you present your opponent with this like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because you either try and engage them early and then you get swarmed and you get stuff picked off and then you just lose hammers or you try and shoot them off and you have to encounter forgotten nightmares or you turtle back on your objectives and you say, well, you, you got to come fight me. And then on high tide, I'm just like, um, okay, I'll run six yields with four bonus attacks into your Mortec guard. And like, sure, in high tide, you don't even get reroll saves. So, you know, I'd like some bone meal, please. Sure. And that's That's just what would happen. Uh-huh. So it's... It's it's such a it can be such a negative experience and so disheartening that you think like you say well I have to play to my army strengths and I play fire slayers so I'm gonna play with uh, with my heroes in mind and I'm gonna play around them and then all of a sudden like eighteen eels just go like and you just lose everything and you're like okay well I guess we're I guess we're going to get pizza right so I mean what I'm, go ahead sorry I was gonna say I'm I'm wondering I'm almost wondering with the whole conversation you're having on Volturnos and we know that he once he's general you lose all the command abilities but we're seeing a trend of this double general rule coming out in a lot of armies I mean a lot of things are like it's a named character he counts well, the general and secondary I'm almost wondering if they're gonna rewrite him in that same kind of setting to where he has a double general ability 
Should it would need to be him. Um, it couldn't be an Akelian king. Well, no, 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 um, no, no. Because... That's what I'm saying. It's him directly because he's a unique character. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, I'm, sure. I'm, that's what I'm thinking is a lot of I'm thinking since we're seeing this trend is when they get their book, their redo book. I'm wondering if he'll have that double general ability so that you can actually access that material. Yeah, uh, I could see that. Yeah, for sure. I could see that. So let me ask you another thing. As far as as far as the arm, you know, army is concerned, and Justin, what you're talking about is, you know, the double general thing that you see with Slanesh and with also right. currently now with the Soulblight Grave Lords and off and the top of my head, Kragnos, yeah, Kragnos, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that might be again, that might be something that could be coming into the into the game. But I mean, John, what about this thing? What about the old old reliable, the Gloomspite ship, shipwrecks? Um, is this UAP oh, still contributing to their success? That's a massive problem. Um, no, th those need to go. Um, well, excuse me. Let me let me rephrase. It needs to be limited to one per army. Um, having mm -hmm. two boats that, especially, so okay. The the counterpoint is, of course, is that even with the um, the GHB uh, requirements for terrain setup, mm -hmm. we end up getting the world of all all worlds. So we end up having to be like six inches from objectives, six inches from other boats, and three inches from terrain. And on high terrain placed maps, that actually doesn't really give a whole lot of room to place your boats. But the problem is that on like boards that you don't have a lot of terrain on, boats are massive for armies that don't have fly. And like you, I, I think this is my personal opinion. I think that the real test of an Idaneth pilot is them being able to see the opponent's list, see their list, see the scenario, see the boards, see the terrain, and then use the boats to see where combat is going to be in rounds two and three. Right. Because okay. that's where you want your feel no pain. Or the counterpoint to that, of course, is that you're going to try and use it just to create choke points artificially or to block off just real easy uh, movement. Because, I mean, if you're going to go over the boat with walk, I mean, it's... That's like two inches up, three inches over, two inches down. Yeah, I mean, right. That's, it's, 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 it's two so turns of much. pain. It's just two turns it's of so pain. It's so much. So, I mean, but, but, so, so you're saying cosmetically on the table, uh, I mean, obviously they're a really cool piece, but you don't really see them. Now, I, I, are, you, are you speaking for the opponent when you say that they got to go? Or are you speaking as a player? I'm terms? speaking as somebody that, okay, so this is, this is going to sound very haughty when I say this, but I think that, getting to the point where i am with deepkin it's it the, the opus is on me to think as if i'm evaluating this army from somebody that would be getting into the game or just play the game casually because yes i'll be 100 honest i love being able to put two boats down and block off fire slayers and they have to daisy chain around it and then i just pin them on one side with a with a netter and they don't ever get to pile in and i just sit there and we tar pit each other right that's fine because i'm already on the objective but the problem is, is that that's not fair. That is not a fair evaluation of what the mechanic for the boat does. And therefore, I, as an experienced pilot, have to understand that just because it's fun for me doesn't mean it's fun for everybody. Okay. And therefore, okay. maybe it's best if you just get one. Of so those so because... you're actually looking at it from the negative play experience aspect. Yes, okay. I, I am, unfortunately. Yeah. I Now, I will say this. I think the way you fix this is that you implement more etheric vortexes because that's the thing is that it's not actually just the gloom tide shipwreck that you get it states that an Ida death deepkin army can set up etheric vortex models and that's the thing is like so even in the recent book by dan geimer the the court of the blind king there's this real big emphasis put on this thing called the corallium so the corallium is this it's effectively coral that absorbs the souls of the 
dying and the dead Ideneth. And when the Ideneth go to war or when they're being sieged by Skaven or Gash or Teclis, our absentee father who went out for smokes and then never came back. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> when they're oh, being like when they're being besieged like this, they can go to the Corallium and summon the Eidolon of Mathlon, who is just this impersonation of what they wanted Mathlon to be, this god of war who just comes out as a butcher. And then when the fighting is done, they go back to the Corallium. And I think that would be such like a really cool idea. Like it's aesthetically, it's all there. Functionally, you've got the idea. What it does, you've already wrote about it. Like it could heal models, it could absorb based on like a 36 inch range, like the maw pot. The maw pot heals in this massive range. Well, it doesn't make sense that you reach into the bot in, into the pot and you throw meat at somebody. So we've already got the functionality there for something of that nature. So just implement some different etheric vortexes. We don't have to just pick a boat. Okay. Uh, you know what? I, I like that. I like the way you just put that. And I, and I, I I've really never gotten that kind of explanation before. So I'm th so thank you for that. Um, so here's what I want to say that, that one thing I found pretty alluring about the army, and I know I'm taking a little bit of a left turn at Albuquerque on this one, but I'm not a guy that usually takes any type of artifacts or anything like that, that either is going to, if I have to do something that's going to cause damage to me or anything that says once per game, not interested, I guess, because I'm just a, right. a selfish weenie type gamer. And I, I don't, I don't want to do that, but I will say that this army has some of the best once per game type of artifacts in like the coral ring or the mm -hmm. uh the shell thing i can't remember now but the shell thing i think is a little bit better than the coral ring that i remember uh the 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 aug auger augury shells or whatever they're called uh but once per yep. game i think uh, again uh, this thing at the start of your hero phase you can roll 2d6 and you can you can keep this to use either as your i think it's your cast uh roll or your opponent's roll to dispel your spell and I, I, you know, and, and I think that that's another thing. I think when this, I'll say this. I think two books that are currently out, uh, well, really prior to the Soulblight Gravelords, that were really looked over and well written are this book here, the Eidneth Deepkin, absolutely for sure, and the Gloomspite Gets. I think that those two books were really well put together. And I'm I'm an Ogre Maw Tribe player. Love my ogres. They really botched that book. There are so many holes in that thing. It's like Swiss cheese. But um. Like I was saying before, even down to these art artifacts, these once-per-game things. And I think even as gamers in general, we don't find them very popular. But you got something like, say, the Coral Ring. You know, once-per-game, you can reroll a cast um, and uh, and a dispel. Always really good to have, man. Right. And those little, those little niche and clutch things that they have, again, is another onion layer on how this army is going to beat you. And that's, that, that's, that's my takeaway on this so far. It's the little things that right. this army does that you just can't play for, or I'm sorry, plan for as an opponent. Yeah, that's right. true. I, I'm, I'm kind of worried about a few of the rumors now, if you think about for 3.0, that might actually have a detriment to the Iodin, and that's removal of battalions, the fact that terrain is possibly becoming generic and not having any kind of functionality except for, you know, whatever they decide to make all terrain, including, you know, army terrain. Mm-hmm that might be changing things and then just the generalized what are they gonna do with the points you know it, well, it's it's those things in 3.0 that it, it it i know they're a strong army now i'm just worried to see what's gonna happen going forward with them with with the, the rumors changes that we we have a kind of inkling that are they're coming well i i think i think i think what affects one is going to affect all of them you know and i think every well, army I, is yeah, gonna it's gonna, it's gonna think... hit everybody but i'm just worried mm, yeah, that but some a lot of the synergies that john seems to be like telling us about are focusing on some of these abilities and things, and I'm just kind of concerned about it. That's all. That's just a personal opinion. 
Well, I mean, like I said, we're all going to be affected by that, Iden and Thiepkin or not. And I just think that uh, that, that we're all going to respond accordingly. And I think with the, with the board size changing, with the board going to 44 by 60, obviously mm-hmm. there might there's a, there's a really good chance that, that, that uh, there's going to be less models uh, on the table. I mean, you can already kind of see it with the Soulblight Gravelords. I mean, I, th- I think that that book was really the first one for AOS 3.0, and you can see some of the, the point levels in there are a little a little different, you know, increments of five and a little, little yeah. different things in there. But but going back to Iden and Thiepkin, I want to throw this at you here, John. So kind of kind of walk us out of this topic here a little bit. You know, you was a you was a very well and accomplished Ideneth Deepkin player. I mean, what are some advice that you have for people that are either getting into the army or currently playing the army? How to how to remain on top with the army? Um oof. That's tough. Um so I I would be remiss if I said that I didn't play an unhealthy amount of games with this army. Um it's it's just my passion. Uh, I like this army. I like the look of it. I like the feel of it. I like the lore of them. I like how they play. I like that they're good. I like that they're fast. And so you've really got to be, and, and Chuck actually made this comment earlier that you, in, in the question, in, in answer to the question of um, limited model range, if if you like being able to field a vast array of different models, probably isn't the army for you. Honest to goodness. Because we have generally like eight war scrolls, not much else. Yeah. If you want to play them competitively, you really have like three. That's about it. Okay. Um, and that's and that's not easy for everybody to slow because again, the rule of cool states: if you think it's cool, then you should play it. But if you're going to evaluate it from this competitive lens, you don't really have that same. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you, you can't be that liberal there. Sure. Because you're evaluating it on like, how am I going to win games with this? Can I? Um, can I functionally win games? Can I go five zero with this? Is this a four and one army? Is this a five and zero army? And that's kind of the unfortunate position that we were in for a very long time until Broken Realms Marathi, um, because it was it was much like Armed Forces Day last year. I mean, it was Volturnos, a deep strike enabler, and eels. Yeah, and that was it. Like that that was really what you boiled down to. But you know what? It's winning. You know, in the words of Charlie Sheen, winning. I mean, it, it, it's winning. still happening. Yeah. But okay, yep, so here's, right. here's a question for you off the board from Beefy Crunch. Which, by the way, you, you, John, you got to agree with me, man. That's one of the coolest nicknames on YouTube, man. Beefy Crunch. I, mean, I remember it, what Taco. I don't remember what Taco Bell had those. Yeah, it's it's awesome. All right, so Beefy Crunch asked this one. You know, I've seen in videos like Mini Wargaming with two full boats. I thought the rule was two halves or one full. Am I missing something? Yep. yep. So that was actually in an FAQ. Um, it is not in the direct Idenf tome, so you're not missing anything out of the tome. Uh, however, it was written in the FAQ that you are allowed to take in combination two boats. So you can either take two halves, two fulls, or a full and a half. Any combination of those, and they must be touching. Now, oh, that's okay. another. I hope right. your answer. So that's I, that's I, another. I, actual... I was. I hope your answer was different because Rob. Uh, Rob Reed's been been beating the hell out of me in all of our games, and I wanted to throw that at him, if, but he's been playing it fair. So I can't. I yeah. damn it. I can't hold that against him. All right. <laughs> So here we are kind of looking at this army from, from uh, it's, it's, it's down in the nuts and bolts to the 5,000-foot view, and the army really has stood the test of time. The Idnit Deepkin, since it came out in 2018, has really rumbled through win after win, and you've had, what, you said like 130-some-odd games with them. What are, some, what, are some things, what are some armies that you've played against that kind of they worry a little bit? What are, what, are some, what are some things that you've seen out there that you say, yeah, you know, I gotta, I got I gotta, That's I gotta remember question. that. Probably That's a really Sons good of Behemoth, question. right? Um, do what? Behemoth? Yeah. <laughs> Probably Sons <laughs> of Behemoth really worry you. <laughs> yes. Uh, I am very, 
very much concerned about six models running over at me. Um, mm. yeah. <laughs> I, I'll say I think this. we all okay. are. <laughs> yes, we are. If we have any good common sense, we don't want to get crushed by giant man thing. Gates. Gate breakers. <laughs> Gate breakers, right. <laughs> three, exactly. three of Steve's great, great breakers. So let, I'll say this. Um, I think that the most... Oh, the rough matchups. Um, Blight King Bomb can be a problem. Um, Blight King Bomb is is an issue if you haven't played against it, and you don't and you don't know how to play against it because Blight King Bomb actually forces you to play in a way that not many Ideneth pilots do, and that is smart. Um, a lot of Deepkin pilots have this conception in their head of, I play the eels, I push eels across board, I win games. Well, no, if you push eels across board incorrectly, you lose games. That's the problem, is that you need to be very smart because we are an elite army. If you start hemorrhaging models, you just lose because they're going to beat you on objectives. Right, right. Um, Blyking Blyking Bomb is a problem. Um, The Seraphon lists can be an issue, depending on their builds. Um, I think that specifically (coughs) against... Uh, specifically against fish, I think that coalesced can prove to be quite an issue because of the interaction of scaly skin and the volt spears. Um, the real allure of the volt spears is that they're Ren 2 damage 2. I mean, it's, it's part of my, it's actually my Twitter handle. Threes and threes, Ren 2, D2. And scaly skin turns that into Ren 2 damage 1. So all of a sudden, like, yeah, now your, your eels are on the charge, but all you're pulling off is like one Saurus per turn. Like, that's, that could be a problem per, per attack, of course, per attack. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's an issue. Um, the the two damage per spear is the reason that you can put three eels out and effectively pull off pound for pound. I mean, like they're kind of like GSP. Like they're just pound for pound some of the best things at three like three units, 170 points, or Anderson Silva, depending on I guess who you, who you ask. <laughs> right. um, but that that notwithstanding, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think um, Seraphon can be an issue. Um, Blight King Bomb is definitely um, something I've struggled against. Uh, any army that can make you uh, minus one to hit, uh, which just really reduces your ability to be offensive. It really requires you to be smart. Um, Nighthawk right. can be a problem, actually, um, because just flat ethereal, they don't care about your rend. Um, get get used, if you play Nighthawk a lot, get used to saying rend that you don't care about. Yeah, right. Um, because so, they're just like force, force, force. Even even in all those armies that you got to be concerned about, I think that any one of us have to be concerned about as well. But I think I think for the most part, this army, Idnithipkin, I mean, has has stood the uh, stood the test of time. So, um, John, you're an awesome player, man. You're an awesome player with the army, and 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 really, thank you for 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 you know being here and talking to us about Idnithipkin, man, and really kind of you know explain to everyone how this army has remained just a freaking awesome awesome army since 2018 but here's my last question before we we come back for the question of the day uh you ready for armed forces day four i am ready um i was uh, i was very uh passive in my build up for it um in my testing list building but i've got a i've got a fire and um i'm ready for well, all right, man. Everyone, be ready because we got the uh, the current reigning champion of Armed Forces Day Four that's uh, ready to come back, and 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 you're going to try to hold on to that title, right? I do not intend on there being a new champion this year. No. All right, because we got uh, we got the Captain America shield. We're going to be hoisting, man. So so we, and, and plus, when you get there, we got to get that picture taken with the uh, with the with the Captain yes. America shield. So, all right. Uh, that and by the way, that's our quote unquote Stan Lee Cup. Get it? All right. All right, we're going to be right back with the question of the day. (laughs) 
Hey gang, I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. All right, here it is, man. We got the question of the day coming up, and we're going to throw this one right at our uh, our current Armed Forces Day champion and guest here on the show that was here to talk to us about Ideneth Deepkin. John, you ready for it? Here's the question of the day. Yep. All right, so here it is, man. And and here's the thing, and I, and I know that we asked this earlier in the show, so uh, I, I hope you got a good answer for it. Everyone else, if you got a good answer, leave it in the comments of the show notes below. So here we go. What recommendations would you give someone who is entering the hobby at 3.0 someone just coming into the hobby right now yep i encourage you um above all else whether you are somebody coming over from magic or 40k malifaux star wars whatever it is find an army that you genuinely enjoy the feel of look of and the aesthetic of because if you actually enjoy what you're playing you're gonna have fun um there are the corner cases where you've got people that want to just win all the time, and they're going to take, uh, they're going to shuffle armies like their, like their hats, and they're going to always want to take whatever's S tier. Don't chase those people. Um, that's the way you get burnout. And if you get burnout, your passion is going to sw- swiftly become something that becomes a chore. Um, so I, I implore you, and I, and I beg you, find, find an army that you genuinely that clicks with you as a person, and and chase it, chase it to the moon. All right, man, I like it. Chuck, what about you? Uh, you know, as a new, if you are a new player, if you're getting into the hobby, uh, my sort of advice would be find a friend, find a friend that you <laughs> like to game with, buy multiple box sets of Dominion because uh, it's probably going to sell out. But in that box set, you're going to get brand new models, models that you can use for the next one to three years. Uh, and as a friend that you will be able to play against potentially in a new campaign with uh, the dark age of azir coming upon us um it'll allow you to paint new models such as uh crazy witch hunters uh vampire killers demon killers uh that we all idolize and and want to be a part of back in the dark ages of the human and stormcast history that we all envelop ourselves into so uh look alive find a friend buy the box got it got it justin same question back to you man um, I've stated it before, you know, and it's, it's start small, you know, it's, it's, it's that thing where go to, go to your local game club, find somebody, find a group that's playing the game and, you know, kind of in, in not indoctrinate yourself on them, but, you know, make friends with them, talk to them, say, Hey, what's your army about? Learn a little bit about it. Do your history or your, your due diligence on it. You know, see if maybe they'll let you sit in and roll a couple dice with them, you know, playing some of the units and get a feel for the different armies before you commit 
you know, the large sums of money that it can take sometimes to build these armies. But once you find what you're doing and what you love, you know, like John said, go, go to the moon, you know, buy the units you want, buy, buy everything. And don't look at just statistics of the units. Look at the aesthetics, yep. you know, look, look at like, I had in deep King, like you said, they got eight war scrolls. They got eight different model bo boxes of models. You may not want to play every single one of them, but if you collect every single one of them, you have the options. And if you love the army, there's no love loss there. There's, there, you're going to enjoy building and painting it, even if it sits on a shelf like John's lovely shelf he's got sitting next to him and all of our painting boxes behind us and everything else, you, you know? Yeah, for me, I would just tell people, you know what, uh, find what you like, uh, find what attracts yeah. you to it, play it. And you know what? Wait for that Indominus, or wait for the uh, the Dominion box we talked about, you know, get one of those and, uh, <laughs> and, and find someone that wants to play those uh, gold guys and you get out there and play that Hobgoblin-esque army that we've been talking about, man, the Cruel Boys. There's my advice. But yep. um, I'm going to end it with this, man. I got some closing thoughts here I'm going to throw out to everybody. You know, here we are, man. COVID is wrapping up. Nurgle's uh, grip on, on the world is starting to come to a close. And we got uh, awesome tournaments like uh, Armed Forces Day 4 that's going to be coming up here in a week and a half. And week and a, or, yeah, about a week and a half. Make sure you get out there and roll those dice. Uh, you know, get get the dust off those things. You know, you've worked very hard, hopefully, during this time. And then you've gotten your painting done. And... Um, Remember why we all do this. We do this not only to, uh, you know, push plastic dollies across the table and sweat all over a pile of dice, but we do this because uh, we want to make sure that um, we're building the community, building those relationships, and, and, and meeting people that uh, this game can really, uh, you know, bring together. So get out there and, um, and, and, and get, those, get those games in. I mean, enjoy the time that we have right now because um, – it's, it's upon us, and, and it's like you heard uh, Steve say a little bit a little bit ago. We're coming up on the summer of Sigmar, man, so let's uh, let's enjoy it. But uh, here it is, man. That's a wrap, dude. We are now at the uh, the end of the show. But before we, uh, we wrap up completely, John, you got something you want to say? Yeah. Um, I really want to give uh, – I'm going to keep it together, I promise. Um, <clears throat> I want to give a shout-out to my dad. Um, Well, this is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, um, man. This was uh, this box here beside me. Um, we made this together, and uh, it was the first time he's really gotten engaged in a hobby of mine, and it really means a lot to me. And uh, I was remiss; I didn't mention it last time that we were or that I was on the show. But um, I really appreciate it, and um, Dad, Mom, I really thank you. Well, you know what, Mr. Anderson, as a dad myself, you raised a hell of a son, man. Congratulations on that. And, uh, and John, we're looking forward to you to come back and defend that title at Armed Forces Day 4, buddy. And thank you so much for being with us tonight to uh, talk about Idnet Deepkin, bud. Thank you. Yep. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you, John. Thank yep. you. All right, man. Well, that is a wrap. And to all of our grimdark goons, and I'd like to thank our guest, John Anderson, and all of our listeners for another great show. And we look forward to having you guys back next time we discuss all things related to dice dragons, demons, and dwarves in the Warhammer world. So please don't forget to join us next Tuesday at 730. And also, please don't forget to hit the like or subscribe button if you haven't already done so. And hey, follow our podcast if you uh, missed this live show. Uh, so until we meet again, remember, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a short pants. Or do. Bye. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> Dark Live would like to thank you for slumming through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants.
You can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice chucking blue sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye.